Heavenly Father, I pray at this time that not my words, but that your living word would go forth, that it would take root in our hearts and bear fruit in our lives. And I ask this in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. I remember an event uh, a number of years ago, 15 um, to be exact, when Jack was just three years old. And um, if any of y'all remember back from when you were younger, perhaps have um, kids that age, you may remember um, when people would ask Jack how old he was, he would say six. Um, He was three, but he'd tell him six. And and Paul and I, we actually debated and we actually got him down to four. And we thought, all right, that's kind of... That, that's a happy medium. We couldn't get him to three. We got him to four. We thought, all right, that, that, that will work. And, uh, you know, it worked pretty well. And then one evening, uh, we were out to dinner. Jack was three. Maisie was one at the time. So we were going to fabulous places. Um, and uh, we were at Ryan's, um, you know, buffet, living large. Um, that's sort of where we were. And it came time we went to the cashier and we went to pay. And um, kids three and under eat free. Well, you might see where this is, is going. And the cashier asks us, she said, now, how old is your son? And, and Paula said, three. And Jack looked and said, mom, I'm not three, I'm four. Uh, and so she um, thought we were liars. Um, Jack did um, Jack did eat free, but uh, we walked away shamed, um, even though we told the truth. Um, I, I share um, that with you because... Um, Jack, in that particular instance, was representative of an issue uh, within the human condition. An issue within the human condition, and one which is addressed in the scriptures before us today. Because even at three, um, Jack uh, didn't want to be dependent. He wanted to be sufficient. Um, He wanted to have it um, all together. He didn't want to be three. He wanted to be uh, autonomous. He wanted to be bigger. You know, I'd help him put his shoes on. I got this. Uh, Help him ride his bike. I can do it Um, all by myself. He wanted to be, um, he wanted what we are all tempted with, and that is mastery. Uh, He wanted mastery over um, whatever it might be. And that is addressed in the scriptures and the amazing lessons which are placed before us today. And what I'd like for us to reflect on, invite you to reflect along with me, is this, is the myth of mastery. The myth of mastery and the security in the shepherd. I invite you to reflect along with me on that um, this morning. That challenge uh, within the human condition that we want to be sufficient um, unto ourselves. We do not want to be um, dependent And to this desire um, on our part, um, God responds with this imagery uh, of sheep and shepherds, this imagery of our dependence upon him. Um, Some of y'all may have seen on the movie um, The Knight's Tale. Uh, It's not exactly a classic. So if you haven't, there's no need necessarily to rush out. It's it's sort of uh, a, a... uh, a comedy adventure. It's right in my intellectual wheelhouse. And um, so I saw it a number uh, of years ago. And if any of y'all have seen it, uh, the basic premise is this. Um, Heath Ledger um, is this, uh, it's a great movie. Um, so anyway, um, is this peasant squire and uh, he's serving this knight and the knight 
uh, and the knight dies, so he decides he's going to make a better life for himself, give himself uh, a new name, a new um, identity, a, a, a new standing, and a new future. And so he takes the knight's armor and puts it upon um, himself and presents himself as this particular person begins to enter into these jousts. And, of course, the issue is he has um, no idea what he's doing. And um, there is, of course, a villain uh, in the movie. And the villain is Count Adamar. And there is a um, saying which is repeated by Count Adamar a number of times in the movie. And I was surprised at how much it riled me up. It just flew um, all over me. And, And the reason... Uh, for that, I believe, is it really it, it, it strikes um, to the heart of the human condition. Uh, they are preparing to face one another. And Adamar says um, to Heath Ledger, he says, You have been weighed, you have been measured, and you have been found wanting. In what world could you possibly beat me? You have been weighed, you have been measured, you have been found wanting. And I think uh, it touched... Uh, a nerve in me because it really does hit to the heart uh, of the human condition. None of us um, want to feel um, insufficient. We want to feel as if um, we are sufficient unto ourselves, that we have um, mastery. And the reality is, as I look out this morning, I'm aware that there are some very competent people um, gathered together this morning in this church, some sharp folks, some on-the-ball folks, the kind of folks you call if you want things to get done. Uh, and if you want things to happen, you call these people. And, of course, who among us doesn't like to present well as if we have it um, all together? And yet there is the reality um, for every last one of us that eventually, um, even if it is in private, um, that life will master us. We like the myth of mastery. But the reality is for all of us, uh, not just at one point, But at numerous points in our lives, life, in fact, will master us uh, and we will feel crushed. When um, our love is not returned, when our our children, our friends, our loved ones struggle, when we struggle um, in our marriage or when our marriage fails, when we're let go, when we're passed over, For someone else, when we're underemployed, when we um, battle addiction, when our health fails, when loved ones die, um, there are moments um, in our lives um, that master us. And while I would never uh, want to see um, any of you hurt or any of you suffer, there is at the same time the need um, for all of us um, to sense that we are not masters and to recognize um, our dependence upon God because God is a God who works um, through death and resurrection. While I desire to see none of us um, suffer or hurt, there is the need for that sense of mastery to die in our lives in order for God to bring forth new life for us. So what do we do uh, in the face of this? Is um, there hope for us? And the answer Um, is yes, and the answer is in faith, um, fellowship, faith. Saving faith um, is the answer. We read just a moment ago that amazing revelation, that vision which is given to John, the vision of the great multitude which is gathered um, around the throne, that vision which is given to us, the church, in order that we might have that saving 
faith as well. And the question is asked to John, where did these people come from? How um, did they get there? And of course, John's wonderful response is to say, sir, um, you know, you know um, how they got here. And do you know, um, do we know? And the answer, how they got there, it wasn't on their accomplishments. It was through um, their saving faith by being washed uh, in the blood of the Lamb, their robes um, made white, their recognition of their need um, for Him, the recognition for the sufficiency of Jesus alone, the freedom which comes um, in our declaration of dependence upon Him. We see, uh, as John shares the vision, the glory uh, of this gathering um, around the throne. In that glory we see and we know that a few good works mixed with some good intentions and some kindly thoughts will not be sufficient um, to gather us uh, into that great multitude which is gathered. And so we hear um, those words um, which are true. We have been weighed. We have been measured. We have been found wanting. But there's a critical difference uh, in the response. Our adversary... um, Our enemy, the evil one, Um, the tempter would place that half-truth before us, that we have been weighed, that we have been measured, that we have been found wanting, would place that before us uh, and desire to lead us um, to a place um, either of despair um, or to a place where we attempt to overcome it um, on our own or the place where in attempting to overcome it we find ourselves insufficient and instead um, we desperately try to hide it. But not the shepherd. With the good shepherd, we are weighed uh, and we are measured. But we are weighed and we are measured in order that he might restore us, in order that he might heal us. I pray that um, you will hear the words which are used throughout the lesson from Revelation, the 23rd Psalm Um, John's gospel, all the wonderful words which are used to talk about the attributes and the character of God in relationship with you and with me. And of course, I pray not only that you would hear um, those words, but also that they would travel and take root um, and and plant themselves in our heart as well. We hear um, that God shelters um, his sheep with his presence, that he enables them to hunger no more, to thirst no more, that the sun shall not strike them nor any scorching heat. We hear that he will guide them to living waters, that he will be our shepherd, that he will wipe away um, our tears. We hear that he restores, he leads, um, he comforts, he prepares, he calls us by name. We see that Jesus, the good shepherd, alone is the master of life because he has walked through death and washed us uh, in his blood, uh, that we might be people who are restored and reconciled with God. We see that He alone is simultaneously the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the one who knows us intimately, the one who identifies with us, and He is also simultaneously the Good Shepherd because He has walked um, through death. What does all this mean? It means this, that through saving faith uh, in Jesus Christ, that the triumph is translated to us, not um, based on our merits, but upon his grace and his sacrificial love made known to us. Our security is with the shepherd, 
and that we are secure with him to the point that no one and nothing can snatch us from his hand. Thanks be to God.